but can wash away my sin. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. And what can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can Welcome. Wasn't that good to hear him sing that? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. To exalt our Savior and Lord like that. Thank you, choir. That was wonderful. We need to be reminded that that blood still has its power. Praise God. I'm so glad I'm saved today, aren't you? We talked in Sunday school class about how we'd had cars. All of our cars been 
in the garage and praying over cars. And I'm telling you, I prayed through so many, many times this week, and we got them all fixed. Now, I didn't say we got them all paid for, but we got them all fixed. <laughs> but that's just part of life, and God is right there with us, isn't he? He's a present help in the time of trouble. Yes, he is. And Wednesday night, I, I didn't get to come to church, and I always I think if I don't go to church on Wednesday night, I've kind of backslid. But that, not, not, that doesn't apply to you. That's just what I'm thinking, because Wednesday night's a powerful service here. I'm telling you, it's the best pickup in the middle of the week that I know of. But some of you are uh, reading the Bible through with, with us here at Stratford Heights. We do that every year. And once in a while, I'll tell you and remind you, we're supposed to be in Psalms 127, I think it is today. So um, you can always start in the middle of the year. You can start anytime reading the Bible. And it's wonderful that there's so many of you that read the Bible through. God bless you for doing that. And we want to welcome you tonight is our mixed service for all of our young adults. And they have a wonderful, powerful service at 6 o'clock. And then um, there'll be a meet and greet after service today. If you're new and you have not been attending very long, we meet right through the double doors here on your right as you go out. And there's a room there with refreshments, especially for you to come by and have a time of fellowship with us meet our staff, you get to shake hands with Pastor, and all the new people want to see Pastor and shake hands with him, so he'll be live in, in real life back there. <laughs> He's so great, I just brag on him all the time. He's like one of my sons, and I just tell him how great he is. He is probably one of the greatest young men I have ever met in my life. His dedication, his abilities, his attitude, his purpose, and to think he's my pastor. And Cameron, you're great too, but I just want to. I couldn't get to church Wednesday night, and I told him, I said, I'm going to Princeton Pike to hear Sam Luke. He was there. He said, you go ahead. And I borrowed, I got the car, the convertible out and rode it. And I got out there, and, and, and Brother Luke, he preached so good. It was great and everything. And I thought, I think Pastor Ray can beat that. <laughs> I tell you, these young men are wonderful. God has called them, and they're so used of him. That's the thing that thrills my soul and makes me strong in the Lord, is to know that God has his anointing on young men's lives. Richard and Sam and all these here uh, that are here, we... we Praise the Lord for them. But all of that is just, I just said, because I want you to know you're at a good church. You're here visiting. They always say you can consider yourself home. So what we're going to do is get out in the aisles and shake hands and greet one another. Find three or four new people that you don't know and introduce yourself and greet them. God bless you. Oh! 
house this morning. Oh, give your 
Staff is here and they will pray for you. Any needs through the storm. Come. Sing it with me. Peace of God. Cover me. Cover me. Cover me. Peace of God. Cover me through the
Give him praises. Amen. Pastor tells us all the time we don't pray for victory. We don't worship for victory. He says we pray from victory. We worship from victory. That means we have victory in Christ Jesus, our Lord. We don't have it, but with Him we have it. And so we pray because we win. We praise because we win. We believe and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ today. The Bible says to take heart, for He has overcome the world. So today we're praying over the nation of Israel. We're praying over all of these things today. We're praying over our country and we're praying over all the work of God going, going on across the world today. Can we pray, Father, we love you and we praise you and we thank you for the work that you've already accomplished. And God, now today, God, by faith, we trust in that work. We trust in what you've done for us. And God, we ask you today to touch and we ask you today to move. And Lord, we thank you for the victory that's ours in Christ Jesus. And Lord, because of that, Lord, we pray today for the nation of Israel. God, we know that you have a plan for them. We know that you've not finished with them. God, we know from your word that you are working. And God, I pray that you'd raise us up to support them. I pray that you'd raise us up to love them. I pray that you'd raise us up to bless them. God, in accordance with your word and blessing them, God, we ourselves would be blessed. And God, we bless them and pray over them. We pray for the peace of Jerusalem. We pray for their safety. We pray for wisdom for their leaders and protection. And God, we also pray for this country. God, we are crying out. God, we're not just asking, but we're crying out for a revival to hit the streets uh, and, and the towns and the countryside, God, of this country. And God, we're asking for a move of God that turns all men, women, and children towards your heart and towards your way. God, we're asking for an awakening, God, like we've never seen before to the truth of God. And Lord, we pray over our leaders. We pray, Lord, for them to have wisdom and for them to get along and for them to have peace and for them to work together. And we submit, God, under their authority, their God-given authority. God, we pray over them. God, we pray around the world today. Every missionary, pastor, and teacher, God, bless them, use them. And we pray these things in the precious name that's above every other name. At the name of Jesus, God, we pray these things. And to that we say, amen, amen. You can be seated this morning. Cameron, praying this morning for Loretta Yates, part of our church. This is Marcia Johnson's mom. She is in ICU today. Wanted to bring that to your attention. We're going to pray in just a few moments. A couple of things I want to mention to you. One is that this coming Tuesday at 11 a.m., we're going to be celebrating the life of Melissa Beckett. I'd encourage and, and ask all of you who are able to, to please come and be in that service. Her boys are here today. Nate and Gabe, we love you. And uh, we've been doing what we can. Uh, we've, we're thankful to the Mays family that have taken uh, them into their home. And uh, we're praying for them that God will sustain them and keep them. And, and we've been working hard. Uh, Keith is here today and his daughter is here. Keith, we're praying for you praying that God will be in comfort to you. This was your fiance, and we know that your heart is hurting today. It's nice to meet your daughter. I don't, you guys, I don't know where you're sitting. So there you are, okay. We're praying for you all. A very devastating time, a very, very horrible, tragic circumstance, and 
We know that Melissa loved God. We know Danny loved God. These two boys, both of their mom and dads have gone to heaven. So we're praying for them every day. Amen? Amen. Thank you for those who have helped us and supported uh, in the cremation services for, for Melissa. Thank you so much for your gifts. Thank you for those of you who helped us send the boys to camp last week. Did you have a good time? Did you? Awesome. We love you, and we want to do what we can. There are other needs that the boys have, and of course, we, we want to encourage you to, as you feel led, to, to be a part of helping them um, in anything that you need. If you watch the website closely, there'll be uh, information there about what you can do to assist them if, if the Lord lays that on your heart to do. Also want to talk to you about supporting some other children today, a mission. As you know, Todd and Rhonda Taylor are down and moving, getting ready to move down to Paraguay. They're putting everything in place. They've been working hard to raise their missionary budget to get down to Paraguay where they plan on living. They're going to move there from here and be our missionaries to Paraguay at a, a place called Children of the Dump. Now, that's not a very complimentary term as you would expect, but to them, as I'll be speaking about in a few moments, that's their only normal that they've ever known. And it's just living there, uh, making uh, homes and living uh, out of that uh, landfill area. These kids are, are they're trying to put in a brand new water filtration. Uh, Rod and Tonda, Todd and Rhonda uh, were able to raise all the money that was needed for a filtration system for the school. And now they're working hard to raise money for the community to put it in a clean water. You know, something you and I will take for granted when we go to our homes today. So we want to help them and we're going to be pushing to help them as they go along, as they get ready to go. We're also planning a missionary trip ourselves from the church to go down. When they get settled this time next year, we'll be getting ready to leave and go on that mission trip. Uh, informational meeting will be coming up very soon. And if you're interested in being part of that mission team, if you have any kind of skill, if you can sing, play the piano, preach, teach, or hammer, or sweep, or do anything, then you're welcome to come and be a part of helping us at the, uh, the ministry there in Paraguay. So we'll, we'll get that to you right away. Todd brought it to my attention that the kids, you can actually support uh, some of the kids that go there. For $30 a month, you can actually support a child to attend the school for the whole year. And as you, uh, as you do that, it, it provides all that they need to be there in that school. And so we wanna be a part of, of helping them to gain sponsorship for as many of those children as they possibly can. Todd, how many kids are in the school? 100 kids. So we need sponsors for 100 kids. If you'd like to sponsor one, two, three, ten 10 kids, um, you can do that through an, the envelope in the front of your pew there. Just say, hey, I want to sponsor, you know, this many kids or, you know, however many you can do, whether that be one, which is appreciated, or, you know, if you can do 100. Um, let us know uh, through a, a, an envelope, and we'll, we'll make sure that they get that. It's important that we are doing what we can to, as missionaries, all around the world. We can't go, but we support them. And our ushers are coming to serve you today. And in this service and in the 9 o'clock service, we take all of our loose offering to go to missions. Today we have that opportunity to bless and to touch them again.
Thank you for those who have been coming on Wednesday night. Boy, we had church this last Wednesday night, didn't we? Richard and I tag teamed. You ever seen a tag team preaching? We tag teamed. So it was almost like a bell ringing and we came out in the boxing ring and he gave his points and then he hit me up and I ran out and gave mine. It was pretty awesome. You should have been here. Invite you to come back on Wednesday. We are here at 7 o'clock every Wednesday night. We're doing Bible study in the sanctuary. There are classes all over the building. And I know many of you, you have, you're part of the Monday night program. You're part of the Tuesday night program, Wednesday or Thursday night. So we know that there are hundreds of people literally working all week long. But if you don't have anything going on and you're uh, free, please come and be with us on Wednesday night as we're studying the book of Acts. With that said, let's pray. Father, we come to you, we're praying for Sister Loretta Yates. We lift her up to you and pray in the name of Jesus that you'd be with her, that you would touch her physically. We're believing for a healing touch as those who have come forward for prayer today. We're believing for miracles in their lives, for all the families that are represented here, that God, every circumstance they might be going through today, we pray in the name of Jesus, standing on the promises and the word of God, that you would touch each of their hearts and lives, specifically praying for Sister Yates, asking you to heal her body physically, to touch her in the name of Jesus Christ. We're praying over the children, praying over the Beckett family, Lord, that you will touch them and minister your comfort, your strength, your grace. I pray this in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And I pray, Lord, that you'll touch all of those that are part of the, the family, that are friends and family alike. Pray for Keith today, that you would minister to his broken heart, that you would touch him in Jesus' name. And Lord, we pray over the children in Paraguay, we're asking you to minister through us, lay it upon our hearts to do something abnormal, to do something extraordinary, and to reach out beyond our own walls, and to take care of children who are far away from us. We ask you, Lord, blessings over all of these things and all of our missionaries around the world. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Amen.
Breathe on me, Lord. Oh, breath of God, please breathe on me. We need your fire, Lord. We need your fire. Breathe on us, Jesus. Breath of fresh air and revival.
your hands and honor the presence of God. We honor your presence. Holy Spirit, we know that you're here. We've not gathered together, Lord, in our name. We've not gathered here today in the name of the church. We come in the name, the name of the one who gave his life for us, the one who came up out of that tomb, resurrected the one who gives us life, the one who made us a brand new creature, the one who gave us that born again experience that washed us in the blood. We thank you, Lord. Breathe on me. Like you did on the sixth day of creation. When you breathe the breath of life into Adam, Lord, breathe on me. Like you did in the upper room when 120 were gathered together in your house. Lord, you breathed that breath of fresh air over them and fire came down and sat upon each one. Breathe on us, Lord. We're hungry for you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We're gathered together. I like that last verse when it says, as they were gathered together, we're gathered together. We're gathered together in your name, and we're here right now. Let me tell you something. Heaven is very aware of what's going on in this service. You think you're fighting people. You think you're just living your life, and you don't realize the spiritual realm that is right there in front of you. If you could reach out right now, you might just get a hold of an angel's wing. You might get a hold of the Holy Ghost as he's moving through this congregation. Jesus himself said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. You're in his presence. Why don't you lift up your hand this morning in the name of Jesus? Oh, we worship you, God. We worship you, Lord. We thank you for the fire. We thank you for the breath in our body. We thank you, Lord, for that fresh wind of revival. Hallelujah. You know, the first time I ever heard this song, maybe it don't do a thing for you, and that's fine. I couldn't hardly contain myself. I was standing in the General Assembly of the Church of God, and there were thousands of people on the main floor, and they began to sing this song. And in my mind, I went back to the Lord reaching down into the earth that He had created, bringing up a pile of dirt. How many of you know that you and I are nothing but dirt? Brother Orville, the very best that any of us got is about $9.86 worth of minerals, iron ore, and dirt. But see, you got, God is able to take that and he took that in his word and he molded and shaped it into his image. And the Bible says, Angie, that he Breathe the breath of life into that dirt. And when he did, fingers began to move. Legs began to move. Mind began to think and eyes began to see. And in that moment, God had created man. It was because of that afternoon 
was because of that afternoon that you and I have life today. We were fashioned after Adam. We were made in the likeness and the image of our Lord. And you have the breath of God in you. When you accept him as your Savior and your Lord, you become a child of God. I'm praying as the song we were singing. And I remember that night I looked up and I said, God, like you did Adam, like you did Adam, Lord. And when those 120 were gathered in that upper room, they, they didn't know what they was waiting on. They had no idea what was going to happen. All they knew was that Jesus said, go and tarry there until, until you be endued, not with a church, not with a preacher, not with a religion, but till you be endued with power. Hallelujah. And the Bible says, a sound as of a rushing mighty wind. Don't you know those 120? Those 120 were there. It was God going. It was God. Oh, it was God taking his breath, blowing it into that upper room. And when he did, fire came down and sat upon them and they were endued with the same power that created the earth, that created the sun, the moon and the stars that gave you life, that same breath. Oh God, help us to be hungry this morning. Help us to be hungry and thirsty, God, for you. Breathe on us. Do you ever pray that prayer? Breathe on me. Breathe on me, Lord. Do you ever, right where you're standing, right where you are in the city, you think, Nobody knows my story. Nobody knows where I'm at. God, don't know where I'm at. I, I got so many problems. If you'd lift up your hand right now and cry out a simple prayer that says, God, breathe on me. I'm telling you, heaven and earth will begin to shake. In the spiritual realm, anything can take place right here in this. Your body can be healed instantly. Your marriage can be put back together instantly. You can be touched right here in this sanctuary. Not because a man has laid his hands on you, but because God has breathed on you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Give him praise. Give him praise. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. As soon as we got back from the General Assembly, I said, Gary. He rolled his eyes and he said, I know. <laughs> Gary, we got to do that song. You see, I found out the secret to Christianity. Brian, I know the secret to Christianity. Don't you want to know? Not I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. In the life I now live, I live by faith. 
in the Son of God, the one who gave his life for me and loves me. Breathe on me, Lord. Breathe on me. And in that breath comes new life. I'm a new creature in Christ. I have a new heart in Christ. And I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen. Well, I'm gonna, you're standing. I'm going to let you. I'm going to get the word. We're going to read the word, and I'm going to share a couple of things with you. Philippians chapter 3, verses 7 through 15. If you're able to stand for the reading of God's word. Well, no, not to pick that song on Sunday morning. <laughs> to pick it. Amen. I just, I can't, I'm sorry. That's my prayer this morning. Breathe on me. What good am I, Andre, without him? You know, thank you, Liz, for the compliment earlier. But I know me. And I look up and I say, thank you, Lord. If there's anything good, if there's anything we're talking about, it all goes to him. The glory, the honor, the praise. I know without him, I can do nothing. With him, nothing is impossible. That's the secret. The secret to Christianity. Paul knew it. Listen to what he said. But what things were gained to me, all the good stuff I had, all the toys I bought, the houses, the cars, the lands, the gifts, the talents, my charisma, my whatever he had. He said, but what things were in my advantage that worked to my advantage? What things were gained to me? These I have counted loss for Christ. Yet indeed, I also count all things loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things. Count them as rubbish. The King James Version says dung. Now, I don't have to tell you in detail what that is. He said, I count it all as garbage that I may gain Christ. An old song says, take the houses and lands, my plans, take it all, whatever it takes to draw me closer to you, Lord. And be found in him, not having my own righteousness, just when you thought you was all that. And be found in him. Not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ. The righteousness which is from God by faith. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. Man, he's, it's all in, isn't it? He's putting it all out there. Now, wait a minute. Let, let me hold back on my circumstances because that will depend on what kind of mood I'm in, what kind of day I'm having, or how spiritual I feel. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and fellowship of his sufferings. Being conformed to his death. He didn't leave any rock uncovered. If by any means 
I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I've already attained or am already perfected, but I press on, Paul says, that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I don't count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. Would you get your head out of the rearview mirror of your life? Would you get out of the past? Would you quit looking behind you and start looking in front of you? The Lord has got a plan. The Lord has got a plan. He knows what he's doing. He didn't abandon ship. He hasn't walked away. He's not left you deserted. He's not walked and walked off and left you behind. The Lord is moving in front of you. Press towards the goal. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. And he said, let this, as many of you as are grown up, as many of you as are no longer kids, as many of you as are mature, he says, it's time to grow up. That's what Paul's saying. Get yourself out of the diapers and the pampers you're wearing. I said it, and I'm proud of it. What are you doing with diapers on, child of God? What are you doing with your little milk bottle? Got to have you a passy in your mouth. Oh, I'm feeling a mean streak. <laughs> Therefore, let us, as many as are mature, have this mind. What mind? That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. Yes, you will suffer. Being conformed to his death, you might even go through death or feel like it. If by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead, press on. I count it all rubbish that I might win Christ. Do you have that kind of passion this morning? Do you have that kind of hunger? Do you want him more than your next breath? Do you want him more than your next heartbeat? Do you want him more than your next paycheck? Do you want him more than your next pat on the back? Do you want it more than your next reward or recognition? Do you want it more than you get want all the glory in this life? Are you ready to lay it all down that you might win Christ? That's what we're here for. That's what, this, that's what this church is about. You might want to go somewhere else where they patty cake. You might want to go somewhere else where the people are the most important. Let me just tell you something. I decrease that he might increase. I lay down this life and I give my life for the Lord. I surrender all. And in that process, guess what happens? I find life. Ooh, man, that is deep. You got to be mature to even understand it. If you even understand it today, you can pat, no, don't pat yourself on the back. We just got done saying that. But you can be proud of yourself. Father, touch us with your word. Minister in the name of Jesus. Amen. You can be seated.
Here's what it's about. I'm going to drink a lot of water because I am dry this morning. You and I were meant. Now listen to me. Guess who this applies to? This applies to everybody under the sound of my voice today. Don't go home saying, well, that wasn't for me. No. Guess what, sweetheart? It's for you. This message today is for you. So listen up. No, don't sit there thinking about how it's for Brother Gable. Don't sit there in your chair thinking, oh, that's good. That's for Richard. Don't get over there in your chair thinking, mm, I hope Sister Beulah's listening to that because that's for her today. No, honey, sweetheart, dumpling, you listen up. It's for you. You were meant for more. You were meant for more. You were designed for more than you're living. You were living so far beneath the standard of excellence that God has given as potential and opportunity for your life. You're living below that. Clean your ears out and listen to what I'm saying because you know what? We're fixing to get real deep and mature in this church. We're going to grow up and we're going to be on fire for the Lord. We're going to do what we can do to be strong and mighty, rooted and grounded in the love of God. We're not going to let the enemy get an advantage over us. We're not stupid to his devices, but we are going to stand up in the strength of God, putting on the full armor of the Lord. And yes, we're going to battle. Yes, we're going to fight. But guess what? We are going to win because we belong to the victor, the king of all kings. We're going to win. You and I were meant for more. You're, we're meant for more. But as a pastor, I'm looking at Christianity. Many other pastors are looking at it as well. We're all looking. You, many of you are looking at Christianity. And when I say Christianity, I'm talking about the, the, the template, the, the ordinary, routine, everyday, cookie-cutter Christian. And you know what I find myself? I find something that many times does not look like the Christian that's exemplified and detailed out in this word. Sorry. I don't find that it matches. How is it possible that the God who made the mountains, the rivers, the beautiful gorges, the, the Niagara Falls, the, 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 the landscapes that that we see on television and some of us have been privileged to see in person. I, I've never been to the Grand Canyon. I want to go so bad. I saw some pictures the other day of a friend that's out there and I cannot even fathom the idea that you could stand looking at such a place that I believe the Lord carved out with his fingers. I believe that there is so much majesty, so much amazing stuff and that's just what's on earth. Now I have stood in some marvelous places. I, I've stood in the Blue Mountains of Sydney, Australia, outside of there, and I've gasped and my mouth was wide open as I looked over these beautiful mountain ranges that looked like the Grand Canyon with trees. It's beautiful. I've been to the Smoky Mountains in Gatlinburg. Come on, anybody who can say amen to that. Everybody knows God rests there whenever he's traveling on earth in his cherub. He always gets a chalet right above Gatlinburg. Beautiful country, beautiful things, the skies, the grassy plains, 
It's amazing what God has created, the way it all works, the four seasons, the, the way the earth rotates and stays just far enough from the sun to give you a suntan in the summertime and to keep you a little porcelain white during the wintertime, if you're me. <laughs> I tend to get red in the summer and white in the winter. The beautiful landscapes, the flowers of many colors, the beauty of a brand new little baby as he looks up at you and smiles real big with his eyes. And he starts reaching for you, Marty. What's more beautiful than that? The things that he's, I, I have a hard time understanding that as, as we're looking at how our bodies are created and, and how he's, they're so complex and he's designed it so amazing, genius. I have a hard time putting together the thought that that God has meant for the experience of Christianity to just be average, mundane, struggle, the half, half in, half out kind of discouraged, want to give up attitude. I have a hard time putting that together that with God, the experience of knowing him, the experience of our relationship with him could be anything but exceptional, extraordinary. I don't know where you come from. People have put God in a nice little cute box and it's got all kinds of different denominational names on it. They've made him cute. They've made him sweet. They've made him real nice and pretty and it's all tied up in a cute little bow and given to everybody and everybody's so proud of their religions. Let me tell you, God's here today to mess us up. He's here today to let us know that he's much, much bigger than the pew on the church you cut your teeth on. He's much bigger than a handbook. He's much bigger than a preacher or a denomination. He's as big as the earth and bigger than the sun, bigger than the universe. He's the biggest. He is so God. He's Alpha, Omega, beginning and the end, the first and the last. He's all that and much more. This great God we serve is not just average. He's not just normal. He is extraordinary. You cannot tell me that it's okay for a Christian who has been touched by God's power, the same God who made the earth, the same God who made the universe, the same God who put all the stars out there out of nowhere and named every one of them. You can't tell me that that God coming to reside inside a Christian lives a mundane, average, normal, give up today, Fired up tomorrow, get saved every revival, up and down, struggling and fighting, one minute in, one minute out, wishy-washy, up and down. And that is not the relationship that I believe God has designed for the child of God. I be oh, I believe he's called you to more. I believe he's called you to more. That's why I get excited. I ain't going to apologize for it no more. 
I try my best to be dignified so you'll bring all your friends. But you know what? I've decided a religion that doesn't have a whole fire in it, a religion that doesn't have an experience in it, a religion that isn't better than a football or a basketball or an Olympic gold medal. If it isn't better than that, then what good is it? I'm telling you there is a God in heaven. Amen. I get excited about it. I'll go home and I'll say, why don't you act more dignified? Why don't you straighten yourself up? He's called us. Called us to an extraordinary relationship. Why do Christians live so average? I mean, we ought to ask the question. I mean, I mean... They're asking all kinds of other questions these days. Why don't we evaluate the church? The Bible says judgment begins at the house of God. Why, why aren't we evaluating and examining ourselves in light of not the church doctrine? That's ridiculous. But in light of the gospel, why are we not evaluating and analyzing our walk with God in light of his precious word that is a lamp unto my feet and a light? under my path. The word of God that the Bible says is fatness to my bones. It's life and maturity. It's everything you and I need. Why are we not examining ourselves next to this? I am. I'm examining myself next to this word. And you know what? I'm doing a whole lot of repenting these days. I'm doing a lot of soul searching because I just know that God has called me to more the world's asking all kinds of questions these days. Well, well, what is marriage? What is gender? What is conservative, liberal, left and right? What, what are all these things? And they're all in a pondery, and they're all trying to figure it out, and they're all just getting more and more confused every day. But you and I have a clear understanding that we have been made in the image of God, called and given the breath of life, and we are His workmanship created wonderfully and majestically created in his image. We already know we're called to more. Every man, every woman, every boy and girl is called to more. But what is normal? What is normal when it comes to Christianity? What is the standard? What is typical? I say what's popular. Didn't say what's popular. I mean, you know, that isn't always a good gauge. When I look at the church sometimes, I wonder if this is the life that God meant. We turn over to Matthew chapter 5 and verse 6 and we see the, the, the Sermon on the Mount. And, and we see Jesus talking about blessed are they. We see him outlining what you and I, how we are supposed to live. If you read those two chapters right there, you can't hardly believe that's the life that God meant for you. So in light of his word, we understand and we know he, he's calling us to more. He's calling us to above average. I don't under, I mean, I, we've all got to understand it and we've got to evaluate ourselves in light of our moods, in light of our attitudes, in light of our, our struggles, in light of our faith, in light of our, our love, our compassion. Because every time I look in the Word of God, I see that I'm more and more and more supposed to look like, act like, walk like Christ. Wasn't it Paul? who said in one of my favorite scriptures, Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20, he said, I have been crucified with Christ. It is not I who lives, but Christ 
who lives in me. And the life I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me. This thing keeps coming back. And gave himself for me. Christ in me. No longer, the key to it is there is no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. His expressions, his ways, his compassion, his gentleness, his wisdom. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. So as that works in my life and yours, we are called to more. I don't know what your normal was. I don't know where you came from. It was Dr. Small that said something to me that caught my attention. She said, well, that's the only normal they've ever known. Referring to a situation that we were talking about. And, and that really spoke to me because we all come from so many diverse and different backgrounds that your normal's not my normal. Maybe you came from a, a rich home and, and you had a lot of advantage and, and that's wonderful. I dreamed about being you when I was young. You know, I was raised up in a family of six kids. We didn't have a whole lot. We didn't have a pot to, to cook in. <laughs> we didn't. No, we, we did have that. But, but for us, six kids, it was about who's going to get the Kraft macaroni and cheese first, two boxes. That was our big thing. I mean, we had that. I got it down to a science. You put the water in, put the salt in, a little bit of oil in the water so it don't bubble over, and you cook two boxes at nine minutes. At nine minutes, it's perfect. That's my normal. That's my normal. I grew up Kraft I mean, you'd open the cabinets and there were just boxes of Kraft macaroni and cheese. Six kids, that was my normal. Thankfully, with five sisters, I never had to share my clothes except Angie sometimes would borrow my sweatshirts. I had my own room. That was my normal. Now, Angie's normal was she had to share with five girls. They were all in there together. Missy had to share, Debbie had to share, they all were in there, they had bunk beds on every corner, and that was just the girl's way. They had to share clothes, never knew whose clothes were, were which, so that was just their normal. Mom would always say, give it to him, he's the only boy. <laughs> that was my normal. <laughs> but what was your normal? Did you come from a loving background? Did you come from a family? I know the Kellys, I wouldn't embarrass them for nothing, but as a young man, I, I would go over to their house a lot. They had kind of adopted me when I was a teenager, and I would go over there every weekend. Bob and I would hang out, and he'd either be at my house or I'd be down at his every weekend for years. And I would go in their house, and I used to sit back and watch them very closely because I couldn't believe just how it was just so easy at their house. They, they, they loved one another, and they just were all kind, and they laughed, and they go to Armfield Park to watch movies, and... They, they cook out in the backyard, and everything was just laid back and easy. It was just cool to be there. And I was like, wow, that's their normal. You Six kids, I mean, it was chaos at my house all the time. Maybe you came from an abusive background. Or maybe you came from a single-parent home or a blended family, and, and it, there was a lot of struggling, maybe a lot of war going on. Maybe it was a great situation. Who knows what your normal was, but when I look at all this, I think we all come from so many different 
places that our experiences would be different. But the awesome thing about God and his word is that when Christ comes in, he wipes it all out, washes it all away, and gives all of us this beautiful platform, this rock to stand on, which is him. And he says, I'll build you on this. And the devil himself, the very gates of hell, will not prevail ever against you. You will be more than an overcomer. You'll be more than a victor. You will. The world will hate you. But be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world, and I am your elder brother, your savior, your Lord, your deliverer, and in me you will be the winner. Awesome. God expects us to understand we're called to more. We're called to see some things that are extraordinary. We're called to see things that are amazing. Trent, you're not called to just live a mundane, everyday life, just headache today and go through the hard work, go home. She has, you know, Kraft macaroni and cheese for you waiting on <laughs> I'm kidding. She's a grand cook. She probably just tears it up. But you're called to more. Oh, that brought laughter. Okay. <laughs> called to more. Called to more. Wherever you come from, God wants to set you up in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. He wants to give you a wonderful encounter and wonderful relationship with him. He wants you to do things like, well, I've seen things in this word that are amazing. I've seen where, where the, there was a, a man that was serving God faithfully, and he was thrown in a lion's den. But it was in the morning that the king who had, he had had favor with came rushing to his aid and said, Oh, Daniel, has the Lord delivered you from the lions? And he said, Oh, live forever, O king. The Lord has sent his angel to shut the lion's mouth. How many of you ever had a lion in your life and you've needed God to send an angel? I'm talking about extraordinary ex experiences with God. Well, the three Hebrew boys that were thrown in the fire, but that was all right. The fire just took care of taking care of their bondage because they turned around and they looked closely, cleaned out their eyes because they couldn't believe what they saw. Those three boys turned into four, for the fourth one was like the Son of Man standing there in the midst of them as they were dancing around. Let me tell you, I'm talking about an encounter, an extraordinary experience with a God who will cause you to walk on water when you need to, who will help you through a storm. If you're going through it, he'll put you in the desert and make it blossom like a rose. He'll give you water and manna from the sky if he has to. I'm talking about an extraordinary, amazing God. Mm. Wow. That's what we're designed for. For the extraordinary. Divine, we're... We're not to live in our own strength, and we're not to live out our own mundane, average life. We're, we're, not, we're supposed to lay that down, lay that all down, stop struggling. I, I talked with a young man last night, and, and, and it was so, uh, he was so brokenhearted, and he was going through the worst trial of his life. And as he was talking to me on the phone, he said, I, I, I've tried, Pastor. I've tried. I've done my best. I've worked so hard, and I just keep 
failing. I fail everybody I love. I am just literally, I'm at the end. I said, oh, that's the best thing I've heard in this conversation. He said, what? I said, that you're finally at the end, that you're going to give up all that trying and all that working and all that trouble. It's time for you to understand he is the lifter of your head. He is the one that will cause you to be victorious. You and you surrender yourself to him. He then will fill up every chamber of your life and being. And he'll cause you to walk through a troop and leap over a wall. He'll cause you to be victorious so that even if you've got a giant standing in front of you, God will anoint the rock in your hand and it will slay the giant in front of you. God is an extraordinary, amazing, exceptional God. He wants you to know him. He wants you to live the Christian experience, which is far above anything you and I. It's time for the church to get out of the struggle. It's time for the church to get out of its whining and its complaining and its babyfied attitude. It's time for you and I once again to stand up like children of the Most High God and declare to the world and declare to the devil that we are not going to take it anymore. We're done. We're going to march forward. And as we do, we are filled with the armor and the strength strength of God and we will conquer if we'll understand he's called us to more he's called us to more he wants us to walk in victory he wants us to get out of this this humdrum Christian experience there are a lot of people out in the world don't want nothing to do with Jesus you know why because they're looking at church people and you're the whiniest complainingest hateful people in the whole world people look at you they don't want what you got they're not interested in what you got there's about as much joy on your face as you're sucking lemons all day long they don't want nothing to do with the God that you say you serve they see you full of hate full of treating people wrong they see you doing business wrong they see you living out your life and I'm telling you it's time for an awakening it's time for a revival it's time for a church to rise up out of the ashes and be what God has called us to be <laughs> it's time for us to be the church wherever you represent him if that's at school Represent him. Be a man of God. Be a woman of God. If you're on the job, be a woman of God. Be a man of God. Let people start seeing that there is a power higher than NASA, a power higher than the White House, a power that's higher than DPNL or Duke Energy. I'm talking about a power that created the whole world. And that God said, I am living in you. He's living in you. Have you recognized him lately? Have you felt him lately? I mean, I'm talking, he, he's the one who created the mountains. He gave life. He designed. He said, I've designed your uprising and your laying down. I know you from the, when you were knitted together in your mother's womb. I know everything about you. The Bible says he's the shade on my right hand. The Bible says he put that moon and star out there, and he has done all of that. Have you felt that creator in your life? Have you felt him in your mind and in your spirit? Have you felt the, the power and the presence of the holy God. I woke up this morning. First thing I did was jumped out of my bed because I woke up and I was speaking in other tongues. I was praying in the spirit in my sleep and it, caught, it startled me. Maybe some of y'all do that every day. It don't happen to me very often. 
I was laying in bed and I woke up speaking in tongues. And when I did, I got out of the bed. I didn't know what I was praying for, but God said, get up, boy. It's time for you to do some business. I've got work for you to do. I don't know where you're at. I don't know what's going on in your life. But God is calling us to a deeper, more, de more determined commitment than we've ever had before. And when you do, you better hang on to your hat. He's going to show you stuff you've never seen before. He is going to open up the heavens for you. He says, even if you give in my name, I'll open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that you cannot contain. This is the extraordinary, exceptional God. But, oh, we're just walking. Pastor, just pray for me. Couldn't, play my, couldn't pay my cable bill this week. Just pray for me, Pastor. I'm struggling. The devil's just beating me up. I'm just not getting what I want, you know. I felt like the Lord told me some stuff, and I just, I'm so upset. Ready to give up. Ready to walk out. Ready to lay down. Well, bless the Lord. What a beautiful relationship you have with the creator of the universe. Well, you know, devil's just been fighting me all week. Pastor, pray for me. He's beating me up, Pastor. Stand up. Look at the devil just like Jesus did when Peter said, Oh, Jesus, you've already gone through so much. You don't have to die. You don't have to go to the cross. You don't have to do that. Jesus looked at him and said, Get Behind me, Satan. It's just God's calling us to Christians being Christians. Little Christ. You know what? That's what it means. Little Christ. Now, don't get the big head. You ain't him. You only a little version. But oh, what a little version can do. When they are filled with the power of Jesus Christ in their life. What can happen in your life? What extraordinary, amazing, exceptional things can take place? It's time for some Christian-type miracles. It's time for some Christian-type awakenings and revivals. It's time for salvations. It's time for people to once again run to the altars to get saved. It's time once again for there to be such a power of God that it fills the house where we are so that the priests can't even minister. It's time for us to see the glory of the Lord fill the temple like a train all over this house. It's time for there to be some old-fashioned Holy Ghost shouting and some running and some people filled with the power that created of the universe, it's time to get up and be counted as one of his. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I've got this burning inside my heart. I've got it burning in my heart. I'm telling you, it kept me up. It's kept me going for days. I just feel like we are on the brink of something. I'm thankful he's giving it to me because he's challenging us. He doesn't want us to just be the church on the hill. He doesn't want us to just have a little, cute little bake sale every now and again and a sweet little dinner, which we're going to go to as soon as church is over. <laughs> he don't want us to just be a comedy club or a golf club, or a country club. He doesn't want us just to be a gathering place for people. I, I love sewing, and I love quilting, and I love 
going to dinner, and I love going to restaurants. That's amazing. I really love that. But it's none of these things. These are just things that get us along. It's time for us to seek out more than that. It's time to seek out a deeper, more committed and consecrated relationship with the Lord who wants people to be healed. You know, the other day I was walking through the hospital, and, and I was thinking about the, sometimes the world will say, you know, well, if you really believe in healing and a God who can do that, why don't you just walk through the hospital and heal people? Well, you know what I did? I walked through room to room, and I was walking by a room, and I was slapping the door, and I was saying, in the name of Jesus Christ, heal this one, heal that one. Lord, I'm praying for God to heal at the hospital. I'm praying over doctors and nurses to do their best. I'm praying for there to be an outpouring of God's Holy Ghost in Middletown. I'm praying. Oh, oh. Hallelujah. I'm praying for a move. I'm praying for, for the campus over here to not be able to do business. I'm praying for a super, you know, back in the Great Awakening in the 1800s, there was a revival that hit, where, where do you think it hit? It hit New York City. And when it hit New York City, all the taverns shut down and all the places of business couldn't do any work at noon. You know why? Because they were going to the churches all over the city of New York and they were praying businessmen next to construction workers and they were filling up the houses of God and they were praying, oh, I'm praying for the university. I'm praying for the companies. I'm praying for the grocery store. I'm praying for there to be an outpouring of God's power in this city. It starts right here this morning. <laughs> Hallelujah. You can serve your big old dead dry God if you want to. That's not my God. You serve your religious Jesus. You serve your cute little, little thing that sits on the dash of your car. You serve that if you want to. You stay stuck in religion that can't pray you out of a headache. You pray, you play, you stay stuck in your religion that gives you plenty of notoriety, but it doesn't give you any power. You stay there to where, I mean, people don't worry about calling you for prayer. People don't worry about calling you to go visit nobody. People don't worry about, they don't call you to do any of that kind of stuff because they just know that's not who you are. I've got my cute little religion, and I'm real sweet, and I'm real nice. I pay my tithe, and I pray over my food in restaurants, and people watch me. God, help us this morning. Help us this morning. The disciples were beaten, shipwrecked, put in prison. Some were boiled in oil. They had all kinds of troubles and trials in their lives. Well, that was then. Let me tell you, they're doing it all around the country for those who are on fire. They're doing it around the earth where people are saying they love Jesus. You know, but when you're safe in your cute little box, they ain't nothing. You don't have to worry about nothing. You're going to wait there until it's time for your social security check and Jesus comes to get you. And you're going to be just fine. You just stay there, sweet little thing that you are. Get your little pillow and you just sit there for the rest of your life and do nothing. In the meantime, I want to know who's on fire and who wants to serve God. And who wants to get out there where you might get a little dirty. Who wants to talk to some people that are hurting and that are lost and that act like they're lost. Yes, they're sinners. They stink. They cuss. They rant, they rave, they do terrible things, but they need Jesus just as much as you did. Oh, 
Give him praise. Stand up with me. Stand up with me. Give him praise. Let's keep doing it. Lord, we honor you this morning. We bless you, Lord. Breathe on me, Lord. Breathe on me. Raise your hands and worship the Lord this morning. Just worship Him. The Holy Ghost is here. The Holy Spirit is here. The work of God is being done in our hearts. The, we've been pricked. Our hearts have been pricked. The convicting power of the Spirit is here. Oh, hallelujah. Those who want to cry out, please help yourself. Hallelujah. Is there a word in Zion? Is there a word in Zion? Yes. There's a word. Is there a people yet that are of God? Is there a church yet? Yes, there is. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hmm. For I am here, says the Lord. Don't you feel and sense my presence? Why do you continue to lean upon your own strength when I have given you all you need through my spirit? If you will abandon your efforts, look to the heavens from where your help comes from, I will prove to you the mighty, powerful God that I am. I am seeking such to show my strength, but you are, have settled in the mundane. You have settled for the average and the low. You have settled beneath my standard of excellence. There is great power that awaits the child of God who will stand up in courage and be strong in me. Look to me now and watch the power of my spirit. Rest your spirit into a great victory. I'm here. Trust in me, says the Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Conviction is in this house. I'm going to ask you right now, if you're hungry at all, if you're thirsty at all for what we're talking about, if you want more, get out of your seat as fast as you can. Meet me in the altar. Don't wait on your friends. Don't wait on somebody else. See if they move first. You be the first one. Jesus is the answer for the world today. Come with your hands up or, or bowed on your knees, however you want to come. You just come. Jesus is the way. Jesus is the answer for the world today. Of him there's no place. Jesus is the way. Therefore, Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 12 says, Therefore, strengthen the hands which hang down and the feeble knees 
and make straight paths for your feet so that that what is lame may not be dislocated but rather healed. Pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Looking carefully lest anyone fall short of the grace of God. Lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble and by this many become defiled. Lest there be any fornicator or profane person like Esau who for one morsel of food sold his birthright. You were called for more. You were designed for more. Don't sell out for the temporary. Don't sell out for the emotion. Don't set out for the impulse of a temporary fix. Hold on. Give up. And let God fill you this morning with your hands lifted up wherever you are. Let him fill you full today. Lord, fill us. Breathe on us. Let the power of your Holy Ghost be present in this place today. Strengthen the feeble hands. Make crooked places straight. And Lord, work your work in the heart and lives of your people today. Lord, arrest the hearts of young men and young women to raise them up to be godly young men and women. Touch them, God, to be called of your spirit to do mighty things, extraordinary things. God, raise up men and women in this congregation, men that will not be concerned about their own welfare and their own life, but, Lord, willing to lay it down if necessary in order to propagate the will and the purpose of God. Let us be truly desirous, Lord, to do mighty exploits and great things for your kingdom. Touch us today and fill our hungry hearts. In the mighty, mighty name of Jesus Christ. Thank you for your empowerment. Why don't you say this with me? Let's pray it together. Lord, breathe on me. Pray that. Breathe on me. Breathe on us as a church, Lord. Breathe on us. Empower us. In the name of Jesus. I'm praying now. We're praying together for people that are watching us online right now. In the name of Jesus. If you right there in the living room, right where you are, if you'll just lift up your hands, I believe. The Spirit of God is right there with you. He is there to empower you. He's there to strengthen you and to help you. In the name of Jesus, touch your people, Lord. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Does someone here today need to be saved? You're standing back. You're in the altar. Wherever you are, you'd say, Pastor, I need to get things right with God. I need to be saved. I need that experience. I'm living beneath my standard, all right? I'm living lost. I need to get saved today. Would you just lift up your hand real quick and write back down. You'd say, pray with me. I want to pray that prayer tonight, today. Are you here? God bless you. Is there anyone else? God bless you, sir. Hands are going up. Is there anyone else? I want to be saved this morning. Hands have already went up. Is there anyone else? All right, we're going to pray. These that have lifted their hands, we're praying that God will touch them. He has promised that if they come to him, they believe that he's the son of God, that he died for them, and they can accept him and want him to be Lord of their lives. They believe it. They're ready to confess it. The Bible says they're saved. God has done all the hard work. So we're going to pray this prayer. I want all of us to pray it together. If you didn't lift your hand, but you'd say, you know what, can I pray it still? Yes, you can. 
Let's pray it together and let's get Jesus in your heart. Once he's in there, man, the impossible is about ready to take place. Let me just say to those that lifted their hand, except Jesus, you better hang on. What's going to happen? I believe with all my heart that his word is true. He comes to live inside you. You're going to experience Christ coming into your life. You won't think the same, walk the same, act the same. You're going to be different. you got to know it. He's here to do that. It's going to change your life. Let's pray together. Ready? Everybody pray it. Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. I accept you as my Savior. You are the Son of God. You died on the cross. You rose from the dead. Be the Lord of my life. Change my life. I come to you now, believing in my heart and confessing you. In Jesus' name, according to your word, I'm saved. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Be extraordinary. Be exceptional. Don't walk like them, talk like them, act like them, think like them, do like them. You're a child of God. Act like it. Walk like it. Walk in that knowledge and accept that. Man, everywhere you go, you are light. You are salt. Everywhere you go. I'm not trying to get you to go out here and be conceited. You just lost all your power when you do that. The power you have is Christ in you. So walk like he lives in there. Right? Go by and touch your children. When you're, when you're walking in the house, you're a child of God, filled with Jesus and the spirit of the Lord. Lay your hand on your children every time you walk by. Lay your hand on your, pray over your house. You, well, I need the preacher to come. Well, I'll come, but you need to pray over your house. You need to plead the blood over your front door and your back door. Start praying over your house. Let God work through you. He wants to do great things through his church. Amen? Thank you, Lord. We thank you, Father. Be with us tonight. Touch in the name of Jesus and let your work be accomplished for our young adult service this evening, the mix. God, pray. we pray that you will minister through Megan Wonderly, who will be here. Touch and minister. Lord, touch your people today to go in the power of your spirit to live out an extraordinary Christian life. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, listen, tonight the mix is in the Oasis Center. It's for the young adults. And Megan Wonderly will be here in the sanctuary at 6 o'clock. There will be a prayer service for anyone who wants to come and pray from 6 to 8. There'll be, it'll be a beautiful setting and atmosphere. You're welcome to be here tonight from 6 to 8 for prayer. All right, God bless you. Also, we want you to know that back in the gym right now is the beginning of a barbecue fundraiser. This is Cindy Lou's barbecue. If you know who she is, her barbecue is very famous around here. If you are hungry and you want to help our young people go to Teen Talent this summer, you can go up to the door over here and you can buy a ticket at $6. You can get you some lunch. You can sit in there and eat it or you can just grab it to go. But we want you to be a part of that, helping them go at 6 bucks. For a person, it's going to be a great, uh, great fundraiser, great encouragement for them. Also, if you are new and you would like to come by and meet the pastor, we are going to have the meet and greet. It's straight across the lobby into the conference room. If you're new here to our church, just been in the last couple of months, would like to meet us, that would be an awesome time for us to be together. God bless you.